Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, the fall will be here before you know it, and the temperatures will start to drop and get a little bit cooler. So swing on by Leon Tailoring to get you something warm that will not burn a hole in your pocket. Maybe it's a nice little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a heavier blouse or skirt, or no matter what it is, maybe a nice sweater. No matter what it is, you can get it at Leon Tailoring. You can get it ready-made or custom-made or tailor-made. Just go on in, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you, and they'll be happy to do it as well. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Barely. Uh, uh, good, good, yeah, good to get uh, you know kind of back to the flow. Lots of committee meetings this week. More next week uh, as bills get moving. Uh, appreciate the cooperation with the Senate. Uh, we're excited about House Bills 1003, 1007, 1009 moving, um, and uh, we're working through. Uh, obviously, we had a hearing yesterday on Senate Bill 4, and, and Barry passed Senate Bill 2. So great cooperation on on both sides, and we continue to work through things. Um, you know, we'll uh, get back to business next week. Excited about the announcement about uh, the core production coming over to uh, Indiana uh, from Ohio and just kind of continues a, a recent streak of, of uh, great uh, economic news across Indiana and more to come. So uh, with that, I'll take your questions. What are your thoughts on 1407 uh, basically dying over the Senate? Senator Bray made a decision. I respect that decision. Senate Bill 9, you know, is that really something that IURC should be stepping into, or is that something that should be left to the private sector? I think, you know, I mean, it, look, we're a regulated in utility uh, marketplace, and IURC needs us to provide guidance, and, and we've had, this has been a long-standing, as Representative Solidy said, this has been a long-standing practice that the, the courts took a uh, look at and had a pretty broad opinion. We're just trying to provide the IURC with the proper guidance to make sure that, that they they can uh, act in the way it's in the best interest of ratepayers. Representative Jeter's National Guard bill is headed to the governor after passage by the Senate today, but I wanted to ask about an issue that kind of came up in the debate over that bill, which is this idea that the reason we shouldn't let Guard members ask for courts martial for non-judicial punishments is that the Guard doesn't have the time or resources or staffing to do courts martial. And there hasn't been a single one requested in five years. Is that a problem that the Indiana National Guard can't do these hearings? Well, I think that's what the bill is, is trying to address, Brandon. I think, you know, look, that bill, you know, every one of our veterans, including Representative Cheater, who did a great job on that bill, is the author who is a, who is a uh, you know, former JAG officer himself. You know, I think, you know, that bill just gives what was the belief that it gives the Indian National Guard the kind of the, the um, uh, guidelines that they need to, to, to kind of, um, you know, have the proper enforcement provisions in place. So I congratulate the Senate for passing the bill and look forward to the governor signing it. How are budget negotiations going? You know, not not really started yet. Uh, in fairness to Senator Mishler and and uh, you know they're going through all those uh, those hearings over there, and uh, uh, so uh, I know you know I'm sure he's having conversations with his team and his caucus to get their priorities in place, and uh, so you know that that'll take a little bit. We we respect the timeline that they're on, and and uh, uh, and you know I know how busy it is on the second half for them on the budget stuff. So we'll we'll start having conversations the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. 
you mentioned Senate Bill 4. Any big changes we can expect from that? Yeah, we're working with the administration. Dr. Barrett's working with members of our caucus, with with, uh, with Senator Charbonneau, a great partner on this, uh, with Dr. Box and the, and the department. You know, we want to make sure that the, the metrics that are used are clear and measurable, that it's getting to, to you know, changing health outcomes for Hoosiers. And, and uh, you know, I, Dr. Barrett's working with, with our caucus, with his with his committee to figure out what the appropriate changes are. Senator Bray said today that um, something he's really focusing on is trying to get the House and Senate to work together on the second half of bills so that there's a lot more concurrences and not so many conference committees. Is that your goal, too? Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, I've talked about this, uh, and Senator Bray and I have talked a lot about this. You know, our, our, the, the relationship between our chairs is outstanding. Uh, really, I think that the, the, uh, the communication is, is very good. Um, and, and, and with the administration, too. So we're, you know, just kind of working together on all this. But, yeah, it, you know, conference committees are, are, as you guys know, cover this. It's a bit hectic. And uh, I, as I remind our members all the time, you're going to deal with the same people in conference that you're going to deal with on in the second half. So work together and, and figure out. If you can't get the concurrence, if not, you know, that there are going to be conference committees. Uh, but the fewer the number, the less uh, exciting it is in the last week. Should we expect a concurrence on the budget? You know, it'd be great. I mean, you know, uh, uh, but, but I'm guessing that one probably not. But uh, but we will start having conversations with them again. Again, I want to give respectfully Senator Mitchell and, and his committee the time they need to get uh, to, to get, you know, have the conversations they need about what their budget priorities are. Big story this week about uh, lawmakers, part-time legislature, outside employment. Uh, any thoughts, any rules that could be tightened up or is everything fine as it is right now? No, I think, you know, we'll, we'll take a look at that and make sure that, you know, uh, you know the, the disclosure requirements are appropriate. And, um, uh, you know, that's always a work in progress. Our, our ethics committee, bipartisan, does a great job of working through those things. I'm sure they'll take a look at it. Allow long-acting reversible contraceptives to be transferred between Medicaid patients. Is that something that you or your caucus would support? Well, I think I I, I want to be fair. I don't know a ton about that bill, um, but I'm sure Dr. Barrett and and uh, you know we were pleased in the first half to get uh, the bill over that allows pharmacies to offer um, um, birth control. Uh, I'm sure that's a bill Dr. Barrett will consider closely. Thank Canada you. looks like it may get the first increase since 1988. Um, it's headed to Ways and Means. How likely do you think that is to us? I will let Chairman Thompson and the committee talk about it. You know, um, uh, you know, TANF dollars um, are used for a wide variety of services. I'm sure they'll take that into account. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.